0: This week, I've brought a treadmill and uh, trying to get it from this woman's house to my house was just a fucking disaster, mate. Like, it was <laughs> so... Uh, now I've got, that like, sciatic pain. So if you see me moving around in the podcast a lot, it's just because I'm readjusting my back. Like, I've got, like... I've used, like, this massage gun, but I think it's a combination of that and not having the gyms open. And because yeah. I'm not doing the weights, like, usually if I'm, like, deadlifting, it's keeping those muscles engaged, whereas now... Because I'm not really doing that much, and like I say, there's sciatic pain—like I've like had shooting pains down my legs—and as soon as 2nd of December comes, I'm getting like a massage, this proper sports massage that like, I need. Like the guy that does me massages, he'll put like his elbows in my hamstrings. I need like a hamstring and glute and lower back release, so I can sort it out, man. Because it's just been agony, agony. But luckily, I've got this nice gaming chair upstairs, and. It's got like, you can move back on it like that quite easy. And uh, it just keeps it going,
1: man. So so apart from your sciatic pain, how your week been mentally?
0: Mentally, it's been so, mate, yeah. It's been, like I say, most of it's been on black ops, so I've just been chilling. But no, honestly, on, on a serious note, yeah, for most of the week I've just been relaxing, man. I've I felt good, and I I've, I've still been dieting, but I haven't since the sciatic pain I haven't been exercising so uh, I haven't really been up to too much Maybe. what about yourself?
1: For me it's, it, it's actually been really good um, yeah. at really good, I've been I'd say I've been more relaxed than I've been in a very long time and a lot of, even a lot of people are noticing it, a lot of people are saying to me oh, I can see that you're not letting things get to you for as long Yeah. so things obviously wind me up and I'm one of them people who will I'll just see red and just give it like a quick, quick explosion.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
1: after that, usually I'd die. For instance, if there's something that would happen at work, I'd take it home with me. But but now I'm not doing that. I'm just letting things go a lot better. And I think this podcast has helped me to do that as well. So I think this is one. Yeah, this is this is probably one of the big things that's that's helping me just to let things go. Because we're, it's like therapy. It's like yeah, it pre- is. It, it is. It's as much like we... just for
0: like people listening it is for us. Like, it's for we're us. Using It's this. Made me for us. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, mate, yeah. We're
1: like each other's therapists. That's what we are. We're free therapists. For <laughs> yeah, each other. we are, mate. <laughs> yeah.
0: And for me and all, like, it's good because I know, like, it's a good way to check in with myself. Like, I feel yeah. like account- accountability when you're losing weight or putting on muscle or whatever your goals are is amazing. It's so easy when you're, when you're like, not in sort of not in the the limelight to just be like, Oh, I'll just do it next week. But I know every week that there's a podcast coming on. So I'm like, right, okay, you know, I wanna do all that I can to look better. It was like when I used to work at Walkabout, I knew every club night that yeah, you know, people yeah. would see me and I wanted to be like, Yeah, I wanna look good, you know what I mean? It's just
1: want... water fast <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Mate, really yeah, so what we were right. saying is if if anyone sees him getting fat, just absolutely rinse him in the comments. <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and just say, like, yeah, you've let yourself slip. But again, that's, that's what accountability is there for, like, yeah. it's not there to to make anyone feel shit, it's just the truth, like, I think we often make justifications in our minds as to, like, oh, I'll, I'll do it next week, or I'll do this. It's like, no, 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 just get it done. And the podcast is such a great way to do that, because yeah, I can literally see myself as I'm talking, and I'm like, right, yeah, Do yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, <laughs> oh. I don't want to come in, like, after we've um, had a break from Christmas, like an extra 20 pounds every you know, sitting there like, yeah. Right up, oh, Jack, how are you doing, mate? <laughs> had some turkey this Christmas. <laughs> Taking up the whole camera. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly.
1: So today we're recording this on International Men's Day. Yeah, we are. No matter what you think about having international days for for recognition of of men and of women, there's topics that always get brought up around this time that we think it's probably a good time to talk about, to be honest. And Lou came up with an idea for this week to have... Quite a sobering and quite a serious theme, but mm. I'll, I'll let you I'll let you introduce it, man.
0: So we're going to talk about stigma around well and suicide. So we understand that it's a topic that not everyone's comfortable listening to. So now would be the time if you don't want to if you don't want to listen or get triggered by talks of suicide to turn it off. But for those that do want to listen, um, I, I really want to say that the stuff that we've got to talk about. Is, could be really helpful because I know that Jack's got some personal stories that he's going to share with us um, and I feel like especially during the lockdown there's various things going in, in on people's minds that you know are sent I know it's such a taboo subject but some people may be thinking about suicide even even people that we that may be listening so if this can help you then I would challenge you to listen to it and just try and take something from it
1: yeah because even even for people that we're close to, even for people that know me really really well, I think this can some of the things that we'll be talking about will be will be hard to listen to and it will be hard to get through but but yeah there's got to be people that talk about this kind of stuff yeah because because, it's real. because it is real it's real and, and I
0: know it makes people feel upset and and all that kind of stuff, and I know it's such a horrible thing, but like Jack says, it's real and it's. I think it's relevant in anyone. Anyone can. But well the, the, the thing is, is that no one's immune to these kind of thoughts. No yeah. one. You could. This is the thing about mental health: is it's it's interchangeable. It's never. It's never solid, is it? You could have some people a year ago that they were the happiest people in the life, in and the world. Sorry, and then a year later they've been through a lot of trauma, and then they end up with suicidal thoughts. So it's definitely an important topic to talk about, particularly. Uh, around International Men's Day, but also for anyone because it's both men and women yeah. that, that suffer with, with suicidal thoughts. And also, from especially people our age, it's so common between the ages of 20 to 30 to sort of be thinking about this kind of stuff because I feel like, oh what I'm 26 now, turning 27 in December, and I feel like a lot of people struggle with the transition of being a teenager into an adult where they think they should have all the life figured out, and then yeah. when it's not all figured out, they, they, they get depressed, so. Especially in this day and age, it's, it's really, really, um, it's vital that we change the subject, well, change the subject from being taboo to, we can openly talk about it because we all need to be talking about stuff like this so that it stops happening.
1: Well, yeah, that, that's, that's an interesting point because who, who was the first one to ever speak to you about suicidal thoughts? Have you ever even had a conversation about it? About, about like, suicide in general?
0: Yeah, yeah, I have, because I had... Um, now, I'm talking about five years ago now when I was... That, this was when I was at my darkest. Um, and I was going through the trauma, and I felt disconnected from reality, and I was having... I wouldn't say... They were suicidal thoughts. They were more suicidal fantasies. Um, yeah. So that was more. I would go through my mind, you know, how I would, how I would do it, if I would do it. But the thing is, with me, it, it was only fantasies because I knew that you know I couldn't leave um, my mum and my family in in such a heartbroken position because they were already heartbroken anyway. So it was it was kind of one of those where I thought at the time. I really wish that I didn't have loved ones around me, so that I could do it. If that makes sense. So it was all.
1: Well, let's 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 just dive into it a bit. Let's dive into it a bit deeper. So, obviously, you had, um, as you said, suicidal fantasies, and yeah. I've I've had them. Most most people in this world will have them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were some of the ways in which you you thought about
0: not being here anymore? Well, I think it's important to establish that the reason, first of all, that I was thinking this way, is not actually because I wanted to to die. It was because I wanted to just not be in pain. Yeah. So it wasn't. That's a very good point. But the only at that time, because I had absolutely zero coping mechanisms, which goes back to us talking about the fact that schools didn't teach us any, and then when we go through a traumatic time. We're fucked because none of us, <laughs> we're all in the dark, aren't we, you know, none <laughs> yeah. of us know what we're doing. Yeah. So, so, it goes back to that, really, but some of the ways as such, um, it was more, I don't really, do you know what, like, I feel like it was that long ago, I can barely remember, if that makes sense, like, it's yeah. really, really difficult to reach in there and, and remember, because my mind's, like, I, I don't think about stuff like that anymore, but... I think maybe it was, it was, I think for me, because I, as crazy as it sounds, because I never wanted my family to be hurt, I was always thinking what is the most, the best way that I can do it without it looking like a, a crime scene, do you know what I mean? So it would be yeah. like, um, maybe like the cold or something like that, or or rather that as opposed to cutting myself or anything like that, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So yeah, I mean, what what were some of the ways that first of all no let's let's start from the beginning because i know you've got a massive story to tell (laughs) um and i know it's difficult for you and i know it's sensitive for you so what what when did you first start experiencing suicidal thoughts what what were they and why do you think that they happened
1: so i'd say the first kind of serious serious considerations that i took to suicidal thoughts and, and to just the, the feeling of not wanting to be here anymore We're kind of 14, 15 years old, that kind of that kind of age, I would say, the age when you're in you're getting towards the end of your high school high school life. Um, that, that was that was the age in which, which it became a real possibility for me.
0: Yeah, so it's young then, very
1: young. It It is very young, yeah. From my and
0: perspective, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and the reasons was... It was an overwhelming sense that things were never going to get better. And it was an overwhelming sense of despair, of just... Life is so bleak. Life is so just... Just awful. Yeah. That I don't even want to be here anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: And no matter what I do, the pain doesn't go away. So I was waking up, and the pain was still there. The pain of living, just the pain, just the, just the. Oh, I I, I said I described it as this, um, and I, I'm pretty sure I've said this on the podcast before. It's like yeah. you wake up, and you're in your own little bubble and gravity is twice as heavy, the the sky is twice as dark, and everything around you hurts. Yeah. And that feeling, I just wanted it to go. Yeah. And the only way that I saw that feeling going, instead of believing that I could work it out, was was to just um, end it all. Yeah. And the the kind of thoughts that I was having before before anything before any therapy or anything like that was oh well I'll just jump off a bridge that was my that was my first ever experience of yeah. of thinking about killing myself it was oh I'm just going to jump off a bridge yeah, yeah and yeah. and this was at a time where my first coping mechanism for trying to escape these thoughts was to go on long walks
0: yeah.
1: And so I'd go on long walks, and where I live, uh, or where I lived, sorry, there was uh, a bridge over an A-road. Yeah. And I used to walk over that bridge during every, every one of these walks, every one of these walks where I tried to get away from things. I'll go over this bridge over the road. It's called the A500 for people who know the road back in Stoke. Yeah, um, I, mean,
0: I know. I know where it is as well. <laughs> I know there's a park. Late yeah, you know it's where I like to yeah, go yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So that was that was the walk here. I to walk through the park out yeah. and then over the over the A500, yeah. and I'd I'd probably stand and stop at the bridge for like, I don't know five to ten seconds, and I'd just look. I'd just look. I just think, yeah, this is how I do it. This is this is how I'd, this is how I'd take my own life. Yeah. And then it, it probably, uh, things then escalated whereby I made that video that I spoke about whereby I'd uh, written all my feelings down, all my thoughts down on paper and dropped it. My mom got me referred to uh, a doctor's. At that point I was referred through mind and through, and I'd started, I'd started the therapy cycle. Yeah. And that's when I would say things began to get a little bit darker, because I was getting a little bit older at this point. I felt like I'd made that. I've. I felt like I've made that step towards recovery, and I thought I'd done something like, "Oh, I'm actually trying now, and I'm not just. I can't say that I've never tried, and I can't say that I've never given it a go." but still
0: that's a really scary place as well i know exactly what you're talking about because i've been there where you're trying you're trying you're trying and you're thinking shit like it's not working, <laughs> yeah. and then you really start because i feel like it's kind of like with mental health it's not like you can just take an antibiotic and the yeah. infection goes away it's like this is something that you've got to sort out and it's scary so mate i resonate with that a lot i really do
1: The best advice I ever gave you, and I I stand by this, the best advice I've ever given you is that mental health is a journey. It really isn't a race. It really, really, truly is a journey. It's not something it's not an A to B. It's not a, you don't just get there. You don't just get to a finish line. There's no.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, when I first started speaking to my therapist, uh, when, I, when I had like the panic attack at work that we spoke about yeah. and when I first saw her I said um, in the first session I said yeah I'm going to have this sorted in two weeks <laughs> so, <laughs> that's because yeah you know two oh, weeks nice. and I'll be fine <laughs> this is how the irrational mind works man it, to, it took me like three years um <laughs> But at the time, because you you want it to be a race like you want to be like, right, okay, this is shit. (laughs) (laughs) I can handle it, but that's what I said to it. (laughs) Looking back now, that is so irrational, man. (laughs) But, yeah. Um, it's like, oh, yesterday I thought about killing myself. But in two weeks, time up the yeah, sound. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, But then the thing is, it's a cycle because after the two weeks, I set the expectation of two weeks. And then when I didn't feel better in two weeks, I was like, shit, shit, shit. And then it was like two yeah, years later, I was yeah. like, I'm still fucking here. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, but, but, yeah, so, ca- carry on with what you were saying.
1: So, obviously, like you say, when you get that first... When you get that first realisation that what you're doing isn't working, mm. I would say that was when it became real. That's when it became, oh, shit, therapy doesn't work. Yeah. And, and that's the narrative that I had in my head at the time. Oh, shit, these, these tablets that I'm taking aren't making me feel better. Yeah. Um, in fact, they're actually making me feel worse. And I got caught... In just a, No one had explained to me that it doesn't always go right the first time. Mm. It doesn't always work straight away. Um, you, you've got to really try different things and you've got to be vocal and you've got to say, no, this doesn't work for me. Yeah. And you've just got to keep trying things until they work. But I just didn't have that. They didn't tell me that. They didn't advise me that. And the next step for me, I was in this despair of, I've tried, and I've tried to to stick with this therapy, I've tried these drugs that you've given me, I've tried this this diary that you've got me to fill out, and it's not working, and at this point, I was getting very angry, and and emotion was just taking over, and what I used to do, besides going on walks, I I started locking myself in the garage, yeah. um, and i actually cleared because our garage was an absolute mess mm. and i cleared the garage out i tidied it all up and i just put one fishing chair in there yeah there was just there was no tv there was no radio there was no there was not there was nothing it was just one fucking fishing chair and no. on the fishing chair above it in the garage there was a steel beam just supporting the roof. Just one big steel beam.
0: A strong steel
1: beam, right? Very strong, very strong. And I used to sit in that chair and I used to think, right, I've locked the door. Yeah. And this is where I think I could, I could end my life. This is is, is serious now. This is where I genuinely think I'm going to end my life. I've made it so that there's nothing here. I've made it so that it's, it's just me in here, and there's no one here to watch. There's no one here to to try and stop me. And I took, um, so there was there was these, uh, you know, on the back of a car, you've got like a bar crack that you can have. And on the bar crack, you can have like safety cables. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But but the like rope with uh, a metal clip on them, essentially. Yeah, it's super super so the, strong. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. So the more you pull on it, that actually the harder it fucking yeah. grips on. Yeah, yeah. And I used to make a noose out of those. I'd I'd, I'd actually make them and and hang up and I'd practice where where to hang them and I'd I'd put them up and i'd look at them and i'd just sit in that fishing chair and i still remember to this is how this is how traumatic it really does and it does stay with you yeah yeah i still remember the fishing chair i still remember the color of the of the um car rope that i used to use
0: yeah
1: i still remember the carpet that i'd lay down on the floor um I, I remember even the wood that i built to lock the garage door, it was just a little bit of wood on a nail that i just tilt to lock the garage door. And that, that really was a moment in which I thought, this is it now. This really is it.
0: Yeah, like a decision that you, you consciously made in your mind. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I was always saying to myself... The kind of thoughts that I'd have at that time is okay, so you do this and then what happens? It it'd it never end at just right, let's do it. It'd always be what would happen after this, yeah. who would be at my funeral, who ah. would actually care. I and thought. that that's the moment where you start to realise if if you're having them thoughts, then <sighs>
0: Because if you will thought, to live, the will to it, it live is a, it, strong, it, it, man.
1: It is. It's the will to live trying to get just convince yeah. you of otherwise. Because if you're having thoughts after the. If you're thinking about what will happen after you do this act. You care about then, life. Then you care about life. You care yeah. about what other people think of you. You care about what other people feel. And you care. Like, it shows that you care. It yeah. shows that that there's things in life that are worth something for you whether that be the absolute most minimal thing in the world you 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 care about for instance you care about how when you walk into school you'll never see this person that you always walk past every single day yeah yeah You, you think about one thing after that act and you have a will to live yeah And if someone would have said that to me, if someone had said that to me at that time, just said, "Your brain is not ready. Like you do not want to do this. Like yes, yes, you are thinking about it, and yes, it is an option, but, but, your brain is automatically thinking about what's after, and you want to know what's after, and unfortunately, someone didn't say that to me." Um, so weeks I'd say a couple of weeks went past and um, I've been going for these walks and I found I'd found a new bridge that I'd stand on and I'd look over sorry I'd, um, it's, it's alright um, I'd found different road that I do I, I was fully ready to commit to this yeah. and I sat in the garage and I'd been there for probably about two hours. Mm. And this was gonna be one of the times where, okay, I'm seriously considering it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm almost in a meditative state whereby I'm purely thinking, I'm just looking at this, and the garage door gets ripped open. It just completely breaks the wood, completely breaks everything. Yeah. And it's my parents who've been shouting me for the last however long, and, and they're like, so they knew I was in therapy, they knew that I was obviously thinking about suicide, yeah. and they ripped the door open, and they were like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you in here? On your own? Why have you been... And they just got very um, panicked by it all.
0: Yeah, I can imagine, mate, yeah.
1: Um, that kind of set me back in a way that I was like, oh, this, this clearly isn't going to work. Um, and... So I'd stopped going into the garage. I'd stopped um, going for my long walks. I'd stopped, um, I'd stopped doing the things that I'd been doing for so long. Yeah. And while I was at college, so this is when I'm, what, 17? 17? 17. 17, 18, yeah. While I was at college, something happened to me. Um, and it was around the, so it was the same incident with regards to a to, um, the court case It was I was reliving memories, I was having nightmares, night terrors yeah. even where I'd wake up in, in, in sweat it was it was just agonising to be alive. it wasn't just a, a, a an emptiness at that point, it was a genuine agony of being alive. Yeah. And I took a handful of pills mm. that I knew were very strong and I swallowed them all.
0: Ah, okay. And what happened next?
1: So, the moment, the moment I would say that I, that I, taking the water down and, and finished the pills. Mm. There was just an overwhelming regret of, oh shit, what have you just done? Yeah. What is about to happen to you? What have you and it was a it was I've I've listened to to speakers who who have done the same thing, who who've done something that was just in the spur of the moment. Um and they all say the same thing. There's always this instant wave of, oh my god, what have I just done? Are you
0: are you talking about the guy in New York that jumped off? Jumped off the bridge. And he, yeah. And he, he tells his story about how he survived and yeah. even yeah. And the the way that he speaks, man, it, it's 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 crazy that like regret is like a word that's used in every single circumstance, his circumstance, your circumstance.
1: Yeah, and it's a real, it's a real feeling because it's a, it's a, I've just done something. I've just done it. I've just done what I've thought about for the last, and the regret that you feel that deep, deep emotion of, oh shit. Yeah. It's almost like, oh my God, how would I, it's almost like, you're, you know, if you're on a, on a ride in a roller coaster and you're yeah. just about to drop. Yeah, yeah. And it's that first, it's that first half a second of, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. So that is exactly how I felt. And then I think just the reaction from my throat of absorbing that many pills and that much water, it it hit my stomach. And then maybe five, five, two, two to five minutes later, I was just, I was, her throwing up.
0: It probably you know something what's interesting about that is it probably wasn't even 5 minutes. I bet I bet in reality yeah, it was, it was probably, probably like a few, like seconds, a few yeah. seconds because <laughs> that will to live kicks in and thinks it makes a conscious decision or subconscious decision straight away that I want to fucking live. This is what I'm going to do to like get rid of what I've just take, taken, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's some some powerful stuff, man. So when when after you've done this and you're throwing up and and all the rest of it. How does that, like, how were you feeling after that? Like, I assume you were shaping up.
1: I I, I just felt shame. Yeah. I felt shame because I thought, it was a, it was was almost a shame and a hopelessness. Because the hopelessness was like, I can't, I just, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I, it was a true, true... That that was the ho- most hopeless I've ever felt in my life. It was the most I've ever felt of, I just do not know what to do right now. I just... I,
0: yeah. It,
1: it, I think the adrenaline had carried me so much and that always having that thought of doing it... Yeah. ...almost gave you something to live for. And it sounds so uh, counterintuitive yeah yeah um but the thought of doing it is is something that keeps you going, it keeps you going and then the moment that you attempt it or the moment that you do something and the moment that you instantly regret that it just and if you if you've listened to this and you 've ever done it, the shame the desperation that you feel the the horrible nature of that feeling of that emotion i can't i, I wouldn't wish it on anyone because it is a horrible horrible place to be and the only thing that dragged me out with that was I started to listen to those videos again that that, that I spoke about. The those motivational, motivational videos. Yeah. Yeah yeah. And after that I I'd say it probably took the until the moment that the adrenaline weird, uh, started to wear away. Because it took we it took weeks, it genuinely took weeks. Can
0: imagine, yeah.
1: But after that, when I started to feel like you almost get bored of feeling hopeless. Oh that's that's how I'd describe it. You, and that is that the begin- that
0: is the beginning of the healing.
1: That's the beginning of it. You just yeah. get there was a moment where I was just like, you know what? I've been through the suffering. I've been through trying to kill myself or what I thought at the time was being so re- reckless enough to risk my life. Yeah. I've been through it all and I'm just still here. Like why am I just feeling... Like, sorry for myself. Why am I doing this? And that was one of the biggest turning points in my life because at that moment, um, I decided that I would I would never ever ever feel like that again, and I would never ever try to attempt anything stupid that that. Yeah. Again, and that and, is.
0: At that very second, that is you saying, I want to live. Yeah, and it, it, I good. can even yeah. hear it in your voice, like when you just said that, that it's like that the passion of, I know, I'm not going to feel that way again. I deserve yeah. happiness. This is, and then you start making a, and then that's when the self-pity, you decide to fuck it all off. And then you get down to, right, this is what I'm going to do now. If I'm going to live, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. I'm going to live the happiest life that I can live. Would that resonate yeah. with you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it, it's it's an it's an incredible feeling because all of the um all of the emptiness gets replaced with a sudden and it's a very sudden and people who will know me at around this time in my life it was a very sudden need to improve others. So I all of a sudden almost dedicated my life to helping other people because I felt like I felt like that was my that was my purpose. I felt like that was my that was my need. That was my desire. That was the one thing that was keeping me going. Um, and I, one of the first acts, I'll, I remember this so clearly. One of the first acts I ever did after that moment, after that, after that moment of clarity, was that I rang up the local hospital and I said. Yeah. I said I, I spoke to the children's ward, and I said, "How do I buy toys and bring it to the kids there? Like, how do I do that?" And yeah. they said, "Well, no one does that, so <laughs> please, <laughs> please don't do it." And, yeah. and I said, "No, no, no! Like you don't understand. I need to do this. This is something that I." And they said, "Well, we we don't really have people bringing us stuff, so." And then we were chatting for a little bit and it they ended up saying okay well bring it down because they didn't i just don't think they thought i was being (laughs) i was being real (laughs) Uh, they said bring down make sure it's wipeable make sure it's washable and um it's something that we can disinfect i said even i said even if you give them toys to kids after they finish uh, after they finish uh, surgery, after they finish something, and they go home, uh, at yeah. least, it, at least it's something there that I can say that I, at least, I can say that I've given something back. And yeah. now, let's just bear in mind, uh, looking back on it, I had no money. I I was in college. I worked three jobs. Yeah. I I had no money. I, I had no reason to. I had no. I, I didn't even have my. I didn't have savings. I didn't have. A trust fund. I didn't have anything, and this this burning, burning passion to just help other people was so overwhelming. I put I put everyone else, everything else before before me, before that, and yeah. I spent almost every pound that I had in B and M. And there was a couple. There was me and someone else who went and did it, um, and we got two. I think it was like three bin bags full of wipeable toys from B&M and and like I said I almost emptied my bank account to do it and we took it and that feeling when I dropped it off it was just it it was just overwhelming pride and overwhelming sense of yes this is what I was this is why I'm here this is what I was meant to do this feeling is what like, this is why I'm here just the whole reason for me to be here and ever since that moment ever since that that act that what I did and afterwards I've always dedicated myself to if you see someone in trouble I will always do my absolute best to help them out and
0: <laughs> yeah you you you've like done a great job of helping me out over the years since I were struggling like you were one of the first people that obviously oh, we've got a great group of mates um, yeah but particularly obviously when we're talking about like anxious thoughts and depressed thoughts you were one of the first people that sort of said like sort of explained it to me in a way where I was like right okay this um this guy understands what, what I'm what I'm going through now do you know what I mean because yeah and also I want you to just go back to what you said about the um, children's ward it, it makes me feel really warm because like at one stage of my life that the children's ward was like a second home to me and stuff like that it's yeah. like um is like even as a sibling i'd play with them you know what i mean and just trying yeah. kind to of take my mind off and you can never get enough kindness around that ward mate and as dark as that ward sounds it really isn't it's 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 full of trauma but it's also full of like people that are in the worst situations possible, but are so full of life, do you know what I mean? Such as my sister, which is, when, when I say like, if you go down there and you see that people are suffering with all these kinds of things, but they're so happy, it kind of p- puts a different perspective on life. Do you know what I mean? Because you're thinking, well, yeah, yeah they, they haven't got much at all, but they're so happy. And it kind of also goes back to what you were saying, again, about having no money. In those situations, you realize, yeah, you had no money, but you had your life. You, you would survive this horrendous <laughs> suicidal yeah, attempt. I mean, yeah. so, so forget the fact that you had no money. You had life, so if you've got life, you've got everything, you know what I mean? It really has no value. Yeah, money's great for paying bills and stuff, but the main thing is that you had life, and I, I think at that particular moment, you thought, well, at the end of the day, I can work something out, I can afford somehow to get toys you know what i mean 10 20 30 quid from somewhere whatever it doesn't matter what matters is i've got life and that's the thing to to i think that would be if anyone's going to take anything away from the podcast would you say that would be it like that yeah that life is so precious and no matter how down or depressed or suicidal you may feel it's not worth it at all just like listen to jack talking about the regret and that's obviously going to happen in 100% of cases. Would you? Would you say yeah. That? yeah, yeah. And you don't want to do something that you would regret, like Jack. And luckily, like if you look at Jack, he's literally a living example that you can change. I am incredibly
1: lucky to 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 still be here. Exactly.
0: That. And he can literally now, like, you know what I mean? He's he's got a, such a strong mind now. You wouldn't. Looking back, if you saw him in person and spoke to him, you wouldn't think that, you know what I mean? You wouldn't think that at one point in his life he had, he had to go through that, but the fact is is that's what made him who he is today. It's part of his journey, it's part of his story, and part of the reason why he likes helping people so much. I love the need, I love the fact that you've got this need and this power to sort of help people because it's a real, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to... I, I, I feel the same way, like I love helping people. It's such a. It's such a good way to sort of because i think when you when you've been down that route where you feel at your lowest you don't want anyone else to feel like that do you so you want to sort of emit your knowledge and i suppose that's why we do the podcast really because if people were feeling like with, with me and jack we've both sort of gone through different things i've been through trauma he's been through trauma but i've been through more of the anxiety side whereas obviously jack has gone through a lot of the the depressive side which is what made us such a good Combination of why we came together. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because we can both <laughs> sort of specialize. No, not, morbid, do you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> no, I don't think
0: yeah. it, I, it might sound morbid, but I think yeah, it's, it the truth is that, like, I don't want anyone to feel as anxious as I did. And if they do feel as anxious as I did, I want to give them some knowledge. So, what would I tell myself five years ago if I could tell myself something? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of
1: like that. Yeah. I, well, I want to. I want to give people advice. If you're, if yeah, you yeah. ever, if you're ever feeling, and I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give some of that right now while yeah, I still yeah. my head. If you ever resonate with anything that I said about my story, about my journey at that point in time, because I've still got, I've, there's something else happens to me. Um, if you resonate with with that hopelessness, that, that feeling of I just wanted to end I challenge you to do something, I challenge you to go to something like a children's ward, go to something like a homeless shelter go and just offer your, your time, that's all you have to do I beg, I beg if you feel like you're worth nothing go there and offer a conversation and you'll find that you're worth so much. If you speak to homeless, to to troubled, to anyone who's who's having a real tough time, and if you just offer an ear, that's all you have to do. You're, you just have to be someone that, list, that listens. Yeah. You don't you don't even have to say anything. Just listen to people. Give them a Give them uh, something uh, to, 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 to give their problems to. And if you can do that, then you're worth something. And you, it gives you that sense of, oh, my God, I'm, there's a reason for me to be here. I, I challenge you to do that and not feel that sense. Try it. If you feel like you, you're worthless, like, like you're hopeless... Go and offer yourself. Go and offer. <laughs> go offer right, yourself. <laughs> go, go, and offer an ear. Go and offer. Yeah. Go and offer at toys like I did. Go and give something back. Give, give your time, and that feeling that you get, it will ignite something in you that will to to just chase it more, because that's what happened to me that's exactly what happened to me and people who've absolutely been at their lowest will never ever want anyone else to experience that and I will go for the rest of my life trying to make sure that no one else will experience that and one thing that I found so fucking interesting and so sad at the same time is there was was a guy that I watched on YouTube talk about how his son took his own life and the note that he left said tell my story Um, And the father now goes around the world speaking to other fathers to talk about how how to help with their children with mental health. And one of the exercises he gets them to do is he'll say, all of you, put your heads down and close your eyes. And he asks a few questions like, who has ever felt negative thoughts? Who has ever been bullied? Who has ever thought about suicide? Who has ever thought about self-harm who has ever hated themselves put your hand up all right, and he asked the questions sequentially every single father in that room put their hands up to one of those questions to one of those questions at some point every single father had either been bullied had either had suicidal thoughts had thought about self-harm had done something so severe and so traumatic And he asked them afterwards, he said, everyone, put your head up, open your eyes and look around you. Look how every single person has got their hands in the air. And the second question he asked is, have you ever, ever opened up to your children about this? And every single one of them said no.
0: And this was all men? All men. I think with men, it's particularly, we've been brought up to sort of... When you walk well, just with the, all the, the the stuff that you watch growing up and that you you you're taught that you're supposed to be this manly person aren't you you sh- uh, big boys don't cry and all that kind of stuff but and I know obviously it's, it's no different obviously with women in terms of of suicide or anything like that, but I think particularly if you're a man there's a lot of shame in in sort of wanting to speak out or feeling like you should speak out too many people keep it to themselves whereas if they just explained and spoken to anyone then you know it could be different today and we, you know there would be less suicides
1: if exactly if you are feeling this way if you're feeling these emotions if you've got a single coping mechanism mm. whether that's Whether that's watching wrestling videos Whether that's watching If you've got any kind of knowledge that you can share Share it with someone Share it with a a teenager who's going through a hard time Share it with someone who's just lost a parent Share it with someone Anyone who is going through a hard time Because maybe you will save their life
0: 100% man, 100% That's what it's all about It's about speaking out and about feeling like... That's why I suppose we've done the podcast is we want people to feel like they can actually speak to someone or even if they don't want to speak to someone, they can just listen to someone Yeah. that they resonate with. That's not even that's not even speaking out. And we're always available to message. I would bet, like you say, Jack, I would beg anyone feeling the way that Jack was back five years ago to message us, and we would be the first ones to, to sit there and spend... I was talking to you, do you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I always feel like one, just one conversation change, with the right person yeah. can change your life, can change yeah. your whole perspective. Like Jack says, going down to a children's ward, you would see that, like again, how happy these, these kids actually are. Like You'd think that they'd all be sad. No, it's not the case at all. That they're all goddamn the happiest souls that I've seen in my, in my goddamn life. They are. They and are. You, you, that, the perspective that you see when you go there And I think when I was going through my darkest times, I forgot that. And now, now I'm, now I'm good again. I remember that, and I celebrate it. And it's, it's not all about the sadness. It's about like when you see stuff like that, it's impossible as a human to not like get your spirits get lifted up when you see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, It's, it's, it's sad but amazing at the same time.
1: Everyone thinks that it's such a sad place, but it really isn't no. it's the complete opposite. I'll, I'll, There's so I'll, much I'll, hope.
0: I will tell you right now that my sister was the happiest human being that I have ever <laughs> met in my entire life. And at some point down the topics in the, in the podcast, I am gonna share some, some more stories, but the takeaway for me is that, yeah, even you gotta think, even though she had so many physical issues, it didn't. Her happiness was just up here. And obviously, it, I'm not saying that if you're fine that you shouldn't be depressed. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying, just just try sometimes if you are feeling like shit and suicidal. To just get a different perspective. Just You owe it to yourself.
1: Yeah. So, one thing that came about from me. Um, discovering this was obviously, as I said, this this dying need to help other people, mm. and um, I, I, I went through a stage of I was doing anything to help people. Yeah. Uh, I was reaching out to people that I know had suffered with depression. I'd reach out to people. And I'd just say, "Shall we talk? Do you want Do you want to have a conversation?" Yeah. And I. I started to uh, develop a relationship with someone where we were talking a lot about about struggles about um, uh, I know you've been through this tough time so let's just try and talk it through yeah and unfortunately that person took their own life okay and that was incredibly difficult for me because the reason I think it was so difficult is because I've dedicated so much of my soul to helping other people that the moment that I couldn't help someone, I felt the same hopelessness and I felt the same helplessness as I felt when i just done it myself. I have felt the oh my god there's you 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 did what you tra- you tried and it didn't work. Yeah. And experiencing it from the other side of the coin is heart-wrenching because I've I've, I've experienced it on both sides. Yeah. I and when that person took their life, I saw, you see a wave of pain in people because someone described it as when, when you, that pain that you feel before you're about to take your life, that pain doesn't go away. The pain just shares. The pain just, the pain that you've got, imagine it being a weight on your head that weight just gets dispersed and you're giving it to the closest people around you. Yeah. So if, I, if, that, if them pills never came out of my body, that pay, that weight would have gone to my parents, it would have gone to my brother, and it would have gone to my closest friends, and yeah. they would have carried that weight for the rest of their life. The weight never goes. Yeah. And the weight is with me right now. The weight is still with me. It's something that never goes.
0: Mm, that's an amazing analogy, man. Like, It's never just... It never just disappears. You're just sharing it around, aren't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that is the last thing that you ever want to do. And I, for for anyone who's carrying that weight of someone else, I, I feel that pain. And we will carry this weight, and we will build the muscle to carry this weight. Yeah. Because I I I can guarantee I am not sharing my weight with it because no one else could take this weight.
0: Yeah. It's amazing that you're in such a such a different mindset now and I know when stuff like that happens and you see friends around you doing stuff like that, I feel like we don't really know everything about the human mind so everyone has different thoughts different like genetic makeup and stuff but what I can say is that we're all as humans we can all be there for each other we can always offer a helping hand we can't ultimately um, change someone what someone's gonna do behind closed doors but we can damn well try you know what I mean We can always be there for people and and always make sure that they feel like they can can speak out and, and talk to us or talk to the family talk to the friends that's what we do we're humans if we haven't got love we haven't got anything you know what I mean so I, I feel like it's really really important to know that you you can speak out and you are worthy and you do deserve to live
1: yeah. I don't think you could have finished the podcast any better mate I think that was that's a what, f- fucking brilliant way to finish um, for anyone out there if 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 You've listened to this. If you want to ask us any questions, if there's anything that's been, if there's anything that you you want to know further, reach out to us. Reach out to us any way that you you can on Instagram, on our personal social medias. Any any way that you want to talk to us, feel free. Yeah. Because we are here.
0: Yeah, we're we're always here. You know what I mean? This is this is what exactly what Jack's explained that we want to help people. This is this is what this is what we're trying to do you know what I mean? so <laughs> if you interact with us and we can we can help you in any way it doesn't have to be uh, suicide; it could be anxious and depression anything just a chat do you know what I mean but you might yeah. feel too ashamed to speak just speak to us do you know what I mean we, we keep it confidential and all that kind of stuff and we're just two former sufferers of what you may be going through so yeah yeah
1: and well we leave it how we always do please please like subscribe share this share this with share this with someone anyone just let's try and give it to someone who you think will will appreciate it because that person might know someone who's struggling and this podcast might save someone's life so please please just give it to someone who you think will 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 use it and will give it to someone else and finally check up on your strong friend